Thank you for listening to the Resources for Integrated Care podcast series, promoting disability-competent care during COVID-19. This podcast was recorded as part of a live event held on April 22, 2021. In this podcast, Stephanie Rasmussen, Vice President of LTSS at Sunflower Health Plan, shares the perspective of one managed long-term services and supports plan in promoting disability-competent care during COVID-19. A little bit about Sunflower Health Plan. We are part of Centene Corporation, which is a national uh, managed care organization that has health plans in 50 states. We are based in Kansas, and we provide integrated behavioral health, physical health, and long-term supports and services uh, supports to about 155,600 individuals on Medicaid. Within that Medicaid population, we um, offer supports or cover supports for um, several different um, populations of individuals who receive home and community-based services, including those with intellectual disabilities, persons who are frail elderly, individuals with physical disabilities, individuals with brain injuries, and children um, that have technology assistance or um, have severe emotional disturbance needs. We also support individuals that participate in the Kansas Medicaid buy-in program for individuals with disabilities um, that are employed, and we support um, individuals in uh, nursing facilities, about 3,200. Of the individuals in these populations, about 11,000 are duly eligible. We also have a small Medicare Advantage membership of 750 individuals and a Um, dual special needs program of um, approximately 1,700 individuals. Um, Next slide, please. Um, So starting in about March um, of 2020, we really started to recognize that our individuals um, that we support who have disabilities really were facing some unique barriers um, related to the pandemic. Many of those um, have been identified already by Jose and Gabriel and Anna, um, but we did see um, the same barriers with access to educational information, personal protective equipment, um, connectivity and equipment and education and support for using telehealth platforms. Um, We really saw, um, you know, individuals who either feared or had actual challenges with finding direct support caregivers Um, including both providers and individuals who were self-directing their care, who really uh, struggled with finding um, caregivers who would come to their home to provide that care. And then more recently, we have seen um, the same challenges that have been um, talked about already with um, individuals being able to have access to getting the COVID-19 vaccine. We also recognized that individuals with disability in Kansas um, needed some flexibility in how they received their care during the pandemic, um, that they may need to receive it in a different location or from different people. And we had some individuals who really needed support while they were in an inpatient setting. Next slide, please. I think one of the most important things that we did as a health plan was that we um, fairly immediately set up weekly meetings with our LTSS stakeholder groups that um, do continue to occur biweekly 
Um, these started in um, at the end of March of 2020, and they um, we facilitated the group with our member advocates, our provider associations, um, the state, and the other managed care organizations to really talk on a regular basis about the barriers that individuals with disabilities were facing and to develop some key partnerships for helping to address um, some of the needs that individuals had. Sunflower Health Plan was able to develop partnerships with our Kansas Community Developmental Disability Organizations, the Aging and Disability Resource Centers, um, our Centers for um, Behavioral Health, and our Centers for Independent Living to get necessary supplies out to our um, members. We were able to uh, deliver about half a million masks and several hundred boxes of gloves, as well as tablets and food supplies um, to individual members in the home who receive home and community-based services, as well as to our HCBS providers and to um, nursing facilities. We really thought that the organizations that we partnered with were very flexible in how they distributed the items. Um, if you're familiar with Kansas, we have a couple of, of urban areas of the state um, that were, were primarily a rural state. And so organizations um, use methods such as direct mailing to get um, supplies to members, as well as hosting drive-through pickup locations. Next slide, please. Um, this is a slide of the state of Kansas, and you can see with each of the little individual icons um, the different hubs that we developed with our providers in the state with um, the more northeastern part, as I said, being urban and the south central. Um, but we were able to also partner with providers in the rural locations in western Kansas and southeast Kansas to be able to distribute supplies as well. Next slide, please. So I wanted to share a couple of um, individual stories of, of uh, what this supply distribution and the impact that it had. Um, in July 2020, we had a small nursing facility in Western Kansas that um, was in a very rural location that really um, didn't even have a Walmart store that was nearby um, or a Dollar General. And they identified that over half of their residents and several of their staff were um, positive for COVID-19. They were in dire need of PPE, and most specifically, they had contacted us and said they had just run out of gloves. They didn't have any more um, gloves available for their staff to use. So we contacted the providers that we had partnered with across the state, and we were able to gather 30 boxes of gloves that were still available and get them shipped overnight to the facility. The director of nursing let us know that they really appreciated all of the extra support um, provided to them. Um, and then in September of 2020, one of our employees delivered a feed box to one of our members, and the member handed the employee um, a gift in a bag. Um, the employee said, I can't accept presents, but the member said, don't worry about it. Um, there's no monetary value associated with this present. Um, in the bag are three uh, painted rocks. I have not paid anything for them. I find them, paint them, and give them away as gifts. It's been my therapy during the quarantine of this pandemic, and you can see a photo of the rocks that she gave to our employees. Next slide, please. 
to address some of the barriers around COVID education, um, we worked with our LPSS stakeholder group to jointly offer education about the virus and more recently about the vaccine in multiple formats um, for educating both individuals who receive services and also educating their direct caregivers. Um, we were able to put together um, a resource list of websites. Um, we had brochures and flyers that went out. Um, we also had some recorded video um, that individuals could watch and listen to and live virtual seminars. We tried to cover a variety of topics um, for all of that education, including the signs and symptoms of the virus, um, safety guidelines for having caregivers come into the home, information about the vaccine, access to ongoing health care, and then how to access some of the PPE resources that we provided. Centene also um, nationally partnered with the National Council on Independent Living to develop a series of written guides and companion videos on the specific challenges that individuals with disabilities faced um, regarding the pandemic. And this was intended to educate both participants and their providers. Um, and we provided a link to these um, videos and to the guides um, within the slide deck. Centene also provided $200,000 um, for two states, including the state of Kansas, to implement emergency backup caregiver services um, for individuals that self-direct their care and employ their own caregivers in their homes. Um, we offered the grant to two of our Centers for Independent Living in Kansas um, that then provided the service in three counties as a pilot. Two of those counties were rural and one was urban. And they worked um, in collaboration with our care coordination team to educate um, all of our members in those counties who self-direct their care about how they could access the backup support if they needed it. They had a hotline number um, that the members could call, and then they had employed direct care workers to be able to send out to their homes um, if their caregiver wasn't available to work and if they needed that support. Next slide, please. We also had, um, as I mentioned, recognized that our members in home and community-based services needed some different options for how to receive services. Um, specific to the IDD population, we saw that a lot of day service providers were either closing temporarily or moving to alternative schedules. And we had individuals who lived in group residential settings who maybe wanted to um, receive their supports um, temporarily in a family member's home or in a location that was um, more, uh, where they could isolate a little bit more and protect themselves. So we partnered with our State Department of Aging and Disability Services to identify some ways that we could approve services in these alternative settings. And we received their approval um, to offer um, day services in a home or a residential provider setting to be able to approve those to be offered. Um, we also were able to authorize for family members who were not traditionally able to be paid to provide care to be able to receive pay um, and provide the direct care needed. We were able to receive approval to expand some benefits for home-delivered meals that previously weren't covered for this population. And we were able to authorize home and community-based services and primarily attendant care while an individual was in an inpatient hospital setting. 
and this is really, again, to help the individual with understanding their treatment and being able to receive the daily care they needed while in the hospital. We educated our members um, about these changes through um, telephonic contact from our care coordination team and then reviewed their service plans with them and helped identify the changes that we needed to make to make sure that they could receive um, the ongoing supports they needed. For the other home and community-based service waivers, we were also given permission to authorize for family members to be paid um, to uh, allow exemptions for those temporary workers um, for using the state-required electronic visit verification system that they have to use to clock in and clock out their time. Um, we were able to allow them to use paper timesheets instead. We were also able to offer, um, excuse me, approve um, services while in a hospital setting. And then for specifically um, for individuals um, on the brain injury waiver, we were able to authorize some of their therapy services to be provided through telehealth when that previously wasn't an option. Next slide, please. We also had to move our care coordination from in-person to telephonic and through televideo and um, support both of our, both our team members with using video conferencing and um, help support um, our individual members um, with disabilities with using um, video conferencing options through providing education. And more recently, and regarding the barriers around vaccine access, um, our primary mode of education with members has been telephonic, um, contacting our members with disabilities and seniors and making sure they have information about the vaccine, finding out what their challenges are, and then trying to address those challenges. We also have a, a COVID-19 um, website or page on our website um, we recognize that individuals in Kansas who reside in nursing facilities have opportunities through state-coordinated initiatives um, to be able to get the vaccine in the facility. So we really turned our attention to individuals who receive in-home supports um, and offered options for them um, as they became available for getting the vaccine in the home. Um, we also assisted our members who self-direct their care by helping them provide employment verification for their caregivers to get the vaccine during phase one offering of the vaccine. And then we've worked with our state um, pharmacy association and some of our um, pharmacies to be able to provide vaccines um, at the location where the member is. Next slide, please. So we think some key considerations for health plans are, um, again, that you know one of the most important things we did was to facilitate regular communication with stakeholders to find out what the ever-changing barriers were for individuals with disabilities and to try to partner together to address those challenges. Um, we think health plans can be a leader in offering a variety of easy-to-understand educational materials um, can lead initiatives with developing strategic partnerships um, for getting needed supplies out to individuals and for working with state, federal, state and federal regulators to offer changes to covered benefits that need to be made so that individuals can um, continue to receive the services they need in the location where they are. 
Um, in general, we think health plans um, really need to make sure they have the resources in place to make quick changes, to meet urgent needs, and just um, as Gabrielle and Anna said, to have a willingness to think outside of the box and go beyond traditional standard processes. Thank you again for the opportunity to um, participate today. Thank you for listening. This podcast is presented by the Lewin Group and is supported through the Medicare-Medicaid Coordination Office at the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. MMCO is dedicated to helping beneficiaries enrolled in Medicare and Medicaid have access to seamless, high-quality health care that includes the full range of covered services in both programs. To support providers in their efforts to deliver more integrated, coordinated care, MMCO is developing technical assistance and actionable tools based on successful innovations and care models. To learn more about current efforts and resources, please visit our website or follow us on Twitter for more details. Our Twitter handle is at integrate underscore care. You can also find resources for integrated care on LinkedIn to stay up to date with our recent products and technical assistance.